China. Gentlemen, start your engine. Fox Sports 1498.3 FM presents Start Your Engines. Here's your race team for today. Show producer, Ronnie Black. Track reporter and racing insider, Nelson Crozier. Former NASCAR team manager and author, Greg Moore. Now, here's your host for Start Your Engines. Racing historian and author, Perry Allen Wood. Good Saturday morning and welcome to the penultimate edition of Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. I didn't know I was a penultimate. No, a penultimate means next to last. Oh, okay. And uh, we... uh, Walking in the door. And we uh, have a show this morning that's jam-packed with, uh, of course, we have the championship weekend going on down at Homestead, Miami. But also it's... uh, I don't know to say it's it's tinged in silver or black, but it's uh, it's uh, of course we're going to have to talk about the uh, passing of David Pearson this week, which oh, uh, no. it affected everybody that's a racing fan in Spartanburg and probably uh, and definitely all how, over the racing community. How can it not? That's right, and um, we. Uh, have a man here, uh, Greg Moore, who probably spent as much time with uh, um, David Pearson as anybody. Good morning, Greg. Well, at least we got some daylight. Like I say, it's a gloomy day, you know, yesterday and losing Pearson all this week. This really got away with everybody, but uh, it is the, the sun come out nice and everything. And uh, we know he's the greatest race driver ever been him, when him and Leonard Wood got together and uh, it, it's a sad, been a sad week for Spartanburg. It, it really has. I know it has for me. And we, uh, Alan Hills just walked in the door, and he's, uh, of course, had a, a lot of experience and uh, spent a lot of time with David Pearson. Good morning, Alan. Good morning. Glad to be here. Glad to see you again. Glad to see y'all. Uh, everybody said that it was a gloomy week, but I, but I told them uh, it's not as much as a gloomy week as... I think it was more Helen was crying of joy that she's got David back. That's a good point, Alan. That is a very good point. Uh, it's really, we, we don't know really what to say about the situation. I know they kept it, they kept it private. I know that's the way David would have wanted it. And uh, everybody was kind of in the dark about things from NASCAR. To, but that that's the way David Pearson done things. And... So we just well, had, to, had to go by that. He never wanted any kind of a publicity. I mean, he would leave the the race and go go straight up and leave the track. He just all he wanted to do is drive that car around that circle. Yeah, he didn't want no trophies. Well, I guess he. Liked well, I think the he wanted the trophy. Well, yeah, he wanted the trophy. <laughs> I think so. But I think I think and, and the money wasn't that bad. I I, I do know one thing. Uh, it, it, it is it, he always liked the beauty queens and he was good at. Uh, Entertaining them and and was good for promotions and uh, but they ain't nobody could drive a race car better than him. I don't care who they are, uh, no ifs ands or uh, buts about it. Well, I think uh, we're all in agreement here that uh, David Pearson's the best race, base, best race driver we ever saw. Um, I would love to know. Of course, we never will and never would have even in his prime. 
to see what he would have done in other types of cars. I mean, I know y'all drove him in the Trans Am uh, series in 1967, and he won out at Riverside, and he's the only uh, stock car driver to ever win an SCCA race, not counting Dan Gurney, which I don't consider a stock car driver, him and Parnelli Jones. They were different. But uh, as far as a pure stock car driver, David Pearson could drive anything. There's no no doubt about that. And the Trans Am thing proved it because there was not any NASCAR driver outside the deal you're talking about like Dan Gurney. And Dan Gurney only won one Trans Am race, and that was in 67, uh, driving one 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 of our Cougars. But David actually drove two races that year. And the other race, he sat on a pole and was leading every lap, and they black flagged us. For some strange reason, and I think he run about fifth or whatever, but when we went out to Riverside, it wasn't even close. And he just drove off and left him. And like Ed Leslie, who's a, a Monterey, California's road racing hero, he said, I don't think Pearson even realized just how good he is. I would have loved to send him in something like a, a pure sports car, like a Chaparral or a, you know, a GT40 or something like that. Or an open-wheel car. Oh, well, I, I yeah. was going there next. I'd love to see what he'd do at Indianapolis or something. But I, I guarantee you, he didn't... Or a sprint car on a oh, short yeah. a short dirt track. But I don't think he cared for something that was quite that open air. Yeah, well, he, he, he would have done good at uh, any of that. And, you know, uh, we did have that GT series that ran in 68. And there was about four races that... Uh, that he ran, you know, Tiny won the championship. and But there was about three or four races he ran in the backup car, and he won all three of them. He won at Greenville Pickens. He won at, um, trying to think name of the track. But anyway, he raced three times in the Cougars and won three times. Yeah. And Tiny won the championship, and Donnie Allison was second. But, uh, which I mean, Pearson didn't accumulate no points. He accumulated us some car on the points. But uh, it, it just... It's hard to describe. When when the king says he's the best and continues to say that, who's who's to dispute Richard Petty? That's right. Alan, what and was I, your relationship with uh with uh David? Well, the, the whole time we was growing up or me and Ricky and Larry, we was close friends all the time. And you know, most of the time when David was driving on Sunday afternoon, most of the time it wasn't on T V. You had to listen to the radio. Helen would have that radio going, and you'd see her just walk around that house cleaning. We'd most of the time be outside, but come come at the end of the race, we'd all run in there, and we'd sit beside that radio, which most of them was a big console radios, and we'd listen to David. And, I mean, not David, but, I mean, we'd listen to the race, and David, David just, he'd just come up through there and just win the race. And he, he made it look simple in a way. You know, if you look back, I mean, we couldn't see it then. But if you look back at it, David, you put the steering wheel in his hand, he was a natural. You know, I mean, you you don't see this often. You see it like Michael Jordan with a basketball, Joe Montana with a football, David Pearson with a steering wheel. You know, you was talking about David could drive anything. Whenever I was working for them in 89, the big Chattanooga Chew truck trailer come down through there. And we walked up there at the door and looked at it coming down through there. And I said, we ain't even got a truck driver. We're supposed to go to Daytona and practice. David looked at me and he said, Is that thing got a steering wheel? I said, Yeah. He said, I can drive it. <laughs> of course he can. 
Well, we also have a special guest coming on in our next segment that uh, another person that I don't think you could find much better authority to talk about David Pearson, and that's Leonard Wood. Leonard, uh, of course, from the famous Wood Brothers and, and the Hall of Fame. And Leonard um, and David combined for 43 wins. And that was the most wins by uh, anybody that drove for the Wood Brothers. I think Cale Yarborough had 12 or 14. And uh, and I, Marvin Patch had six or eight, something like that. But David Pearson had 43. And it was uh, spectacular to watch him drive that uh, pure later Mercury. Um, no, he, he he also had like... Uh, 20 or twenty or so, 20 or 25 with uh, Holman Moody when he won those two championships. And he had quite a few with Cotton Owens. And as a matter of fact, speaking of Cotton Owens, we were originally planning to do a Cotton Owens um, sort of tribute today. But we'll have to put that off till next season because we also have to touch on some racing that's, uh, of course, going on. And um, down at Homestead where they're wrapping up all three series. And last night, they, uh, the trucks ran. And I'll tell you the most interesting thing about the truck race, which was won by Brett Moffitt. And it wasn't a particularly close race. He won by quite a few seconds, and I didn't have that last late caution, although they could have because of the la- a lap to go. Somebody hit the wall and... And his tires started coming apart, but they left it green. But Brett Moffitt drives a Toyota for uh, Shigeki Hattori. Now, Shigeki Hattori was an IndyCar driver for a while and had an IndyCar team. And this whole team of Brett Moffitt's, who he beat out um, Kyle, uh, Kyle Busch's uh, Toyota team, they've only got like 10 employees. I mean, it's a throwback to the old days, and I want to ask uh, Nelson about that when we have on a, have him on at the end of the show. But I, I thought that was really cool, where you got teams with four hundred or three hundred or even a, you know a hundred people. Well, I guess would be considered maybe even a, a, a medium sized team. They got ten people, which is which is fantastic, and they won the championship. So. I think that's a great thing for uh, Brett Moffat. He's a young man, and you will be hearing more about him. Uh, and, of course, today we have the um, the Xfinity race at 3.30 on NBCSN, which uh, with a 3.30 uh, airtime, that's probably probably a 4 o'clock start. I wouldn't, don't hold me to that. But if you turn on at 3.30, you'll see something opposite the, uh, the kind of some of the lame football games they have on today with uh, Alabama and the Citadel ought to be a good one. And South Carolina. Oh, Lord, I didn't even know that. Yeah. <laughs> South Carolina's even, uh, they're playing Chattanooga, which probably be a good game. And, um, of course, it's a beautiful day. So if you're if you're hanging around uh, Spartanburg and want to see a football game, you've got uh, Presbyterian at Wofford that uh, Ryan Clary will have that. Um, I think that's a 2 o'clock kickoff this afternoon, and it'll be carried right here on WSPG. So, um there's a lot going on. It's a beautiful day. Weather will not be a factor after a lousy week of weather. And uh, it was kind of a, I guess it was kind of appropriate for things to be so gloomy and everything with us losing David Pearson, which we are going to touch on at length. And our next segment coming up after this break, when we talk to Leonard Wood, you are listening to Start Your Engines from the Beacon Drive-In Studios in Spartanburg. There's no points racing here. Greg, Perry, Ronnie, and Nelson are racing to win. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. 
Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. Jerry, the Beacon opened back in 1946. How many years have we been serving great food at great prices? Hey, Plante! 70 years? How many folks are we still serving every week? Hey, Plante! Well, like you always say, I like my job, but I love my customers. But can you say something other than a Plante? All it! Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John White Boulevard in Spartanburg, where the food is still always good since 1946. Every now and then, we need to get away and relax. And there's no better way than spending time at the lake. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, South Carolina, is the perfect place to decompress. At Watery Lake RV, enjoy full hookups, a bathhouse, bar and grill, and a boat ramp marina with ethanol-free gas. Hookups available on nightly, weekly, or monthly. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, where families get away. Mention Fox Sports 1400 and get 5% off your stay up to three days. Call 803-273-3013. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Football season is here. That means it's fantasy football season, too. You play to win the game. Hi, this is Chris White, host of The Waiver Wire, and I want to help you win. Join me Sundays from 11 to 1 as we help you build the perfect fantasy lineup so you, too, can be a winner. That's The Waiver Wire Sundays from 11 a.m. to 1 here on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. If you're riding around in your car listening to a game and your car radio sounds like this... And you want it to sound like this. There's the pass to Leitner. Puts it up. Then you need to visit Elite Audio on Asheville Highway. Elite Audio sells and installs premium audio systems for your vehicle. Car stereo speakers, DVD players, navigation systems, and so much more. So stop riding around listening to busted speakers and subpar audio quality. And visit Elite Audio today online at EliteAudioOnline.com. Elite Audio, 1504 Asheville Highway. You dream it, we build it. It's football season, which means it's time for tailgates. To make your tailgate number one, you need to visit Game Day Barbecue in Duncan. Game Day Barbecue has all your favorites, including pulled pork, smokehouse chicken, ribs, and brisket. Match any of those with their eight homemade sides like mac and cheese and potato salad, and you have a winning team. Game Day Barbecue, 165 West Main Street in Duncan, open from 10.30 a.m. till 8 p.m. Wednesday through Saturday. So stop in for lunch or dinner or give them a call at 864-249-6787 to cater your event or tailgate. Game Day Barbecue, we do things the old-fashioned way. For years now, we've been telling you about Palmetto Spirit's tremendous wine selection. We've told you about Palmetto Spirit's carrying special, small-batch, handcrafted bourbons and whiskeys that you can't find anywhere else. But what truly sets Palmetto Spirit's apart is their customer service. Jim and the entire staff knows wines and liquors and knows how to find you the perfect bottle for the perfect occasion. Palmetto Spirit's. Reedville Road on Spartanburg's west side, where customer service is the difference. So by now you probably know that Steak Horse Restaurant and Billiards on East Main Street serves delicious burgers and steaks and has the best pool tables in town. What you may not know is that Steak Horse has recently extended their hours. That's right, Steak Horse is now open 24 hours a day and is even serving breakfast. So now you can enjoy pool tables, dartboards, cornhole, and classic arcade games anytime, day or night. Steak Horse Restaurant and Billiards, 2600 East Main Street in Spartanburg. Now open 24 hours. 
Hi, this is your host, Perry Allen Wood. For the latest in auto racing, join us for Start Your Engines, Saturday mornings at 10, here on Fox Sports 1400 and 98.3 FM. And welcome back to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. And it is indeed a pleasure to welcome uh, NASCAR Hall of Fame member and one of the, you really can't say half, I guess, because there's, there's other, there's younger Wood brothers now or, and Wood cousins, but uh, none other than Leonard Wood. And thank you for coming on this morning. Uh, I know we've already had you on once this year, but had a special reason to bring you back today. And, and thanks for joining us. Well, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to join you. Well, thank you for coming on. And uh, I know Richard um, uh, Richard Petty said that David Pearson was the best. Uh, is that your opinion as well? Oh, absolutely. Uh, it just uh, he just uh, knew so much about how to enter and exit a corner. You know, uh, so when to back off, when to get on the. Uh, throttle to bring your most RPM off the turn and uh, it just uh, was such a pleasure to, to work, set a car up for him. It, uh, he, uh, I think he was the easiest person, easiest driver I ever worked with to get around the racetrack fast. How, did, how is it that y'all came to hire David Pearson to begin with? Well, we needed a driver, you know, and uh, uh, he became available by the time we needed the driver. And we'd, we'd watched him race for years. We raced against him for years. We knew how good he was. And so when we got the chance to get him, we just jumped at the chance to get him. And uh, what a pleasure it was. The first race he he run for us, he sat on pole, won the race. Good start. That, that was a good start, and and the thing is, Leonard, uh, uh, you know the Wood Brothers had an established race team. I mean, Glenn could drive a race car real good, and Marvin, and had won races with Gurney, and and Parnell, and this, the list goes on and on. And David had done real good, uh, and some things, but there was something about when you put David Pierce with Leonard Wood. Well, it's just like everything took off. It was just like the rest of us started racing for second or third place. Well, uh, David's uh, style driving just fit the the way Wood Brothers like to set a car up, and he uh, he could run a, a free uh, setup, uh, you know, uh, looser than uh, a lot of drivers, and wouldn't be loose with the car. I mean, he would back off early and. Uh, run a tall gear and let it where it wouldn't slow down, you know, when you did back off that much and uh, you just let it float into the corner and take a step, pick the throttle up and just blow you away down straight away. Yep. And by his car rolling free through the corner, it made you, was able to run a taller gear. You know, if you're pushing a little, you got to have more gear to pull it off the corner. So it just fit perfect for uh, the Wood Brothers uh, setup. Well, I tell you what, Leonard, uh, like I say, a lot of people run good in y'all's car. But uh, y'all had, there was yeah, just some kind of magic y'all had. And I know, you know, Pearson could drive the car, you know, real neutral through the corners and that sort of thing. But uh, it was just, 
it, it was just amazing to see that situation develop between you and, 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 and Pearson and the Wood Brothers and just how unbeatable it was. I mean, what was it like your first year you only run like 18 races in one 15 of them or something like that. I mean, I can't. Well, I've got. I've got. Go ahead. He took took over after AJ drove the first uh, couple of three races, and uh, AJ won two of them in 1972. Well, he came on board and won six more that year, and then the next year he won uh, 11 out of 18 starts, and then, of course, you know, had a. car failure on uh, three or four of them, and uh, who knows, he might have won more than that. <laughs> well, Leonard, we're speaking with Leonard Wood here, Hall of Famer and a, and a car owner and, and a close associate of David Pearson for, for years. I, I wanted to ask you, did y'all ever consider running for the championship? Because, like, as you said, in, a, in 1973, you only ran 18 times, but you won 11 of them. I mean, uh, the, the dirt tracks were gone by then, uh, but if it just looks to me like uh, I, I know the Wood Brothers didn't really go after championships much back then, but I think you'd have been a shoe in to win a championship if you'd have tried it. Well, uh, I think we probably could have. At, at the time, uh, it was uh, Glenn and I and one more working full time in the shop, and we would have to uh, hire more people and all that to, to run it. And uh, I was happy with, uh, I know a lot of them wanted us to run uh, more for the championship, uh, but I was just happy with running what we was doing. But. Uh, Thinking back, uh, we should have run him for a championship because I feel sure he could have got one. And that's one thing Wood Brothers don't have on their uh, uh, calendar. Not too late. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> with the driver you've got now I mean, and, the, and the schedule set up the way it is, uh, you know, you can still win one, and I hope you do. Yeah, well, we haven't given up yet. Uh, you know, I'm uh, 84 years old, and I... Uh, you know, I still work in the shop uh, about four days a week, uh, doing doing things that uh, out of the ordinary. Maybe they want us to do. I want to do. You know, something comes up a little. Uh, you know, I'm working on restoring uh, race cars, uh, 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 replicas of some that we run and stuff like that, and doing making some. Uh, uh, little vehicles uh, out of the ordinary that they want me to do and uh, keeping busy, but uh, I still, uh, you know, I don't, I don't uh, tell them how to run the race team no more. But uh, I still sitting there pulling for them and uh, backing them every minute, and I can get as excited on a win right now as I ever did. So, uh, looking forward to that hundredth win with Paul Menard. He's a great, great person and a great driver. Yeah, no doubt about that, Leonard. And 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 with all fairness to Eddie and Lynn and uh, everybody, uh, I can assure you that there's times that they they certainly need your advice and don't don't think they don't. But uh, well, yeah, y'all y'all, like y'all still run real good. Like I say, Pop Menard's a great a great driver, and y'all was always got a a good car. And I mean, it just goes to show you know you took you know back here several years ago took a, a Trevor Bain, nobody even had heard of you. Period. And y'all run up front and won the race like it wasn't nothing. And, you know, me and Bud was down there because it was some of the Hall of Fame stuff. But, 
y'all still got the right stuff. Uh, no ifs, ands, buts about it. And, uh, but like I said. Yeah, I'm, I'm proud of my nephews, Ed and Lynn, how they've kept it uh, going and uh, what a good job they do managing everything. And I would like to mention the fact that uh, myself and uh, Ed and Lynn, David just loved Eddie and Lynn, you know, my nephews, and uh, he, he like they like picking at each other as much as I like picking at David, but uh, all three of us, you know, uh, had a big part in uh, David winning back in uh, in, in 73, uh, seven years he drove for us, and, uh, and this, uh, I just uh, want to thank uh, my my nephew so much for helping me during that period we're talking to leonard wood on the uh, start your engines fox sports spartanburg Le- leonard i know when you would come through a spartanburg and i'd usually hear about it the day after it happened because um, I-, I would eat with bud Moore as often as i could up at the peach blossom and i know you guys came through there and saw david quite a bit and then the you know more recently you would uh I think you'd stop by his house to visit. Y'all did something pretty special not too long ago, if if what I heard is the truth, about, uh, you know, with, with David and getting him outside and with one of his um, one of his old race cars. Could you tell us about that? Yes. Uh, you know, there again, my nephews, Ed and Lynn, were so good to go visit David and, uh, uh, you know, and check on him and see how he was doing. And, and they wanted me to go with them down there and they took the 71 Mercury that he won all those races with uh, and uh, parked it outside away from his house and uh, you know and I got in the car and they went on ahead of me and got him out in the yard and was talking to him so I cranked the 71 Mercury up, driving down the street, turn in his driveway and he couldn't believe uh, what this was coming up his driveway. <laughs> and then when he saw me driving it, it, uh, it brought tears to his eyes. And, uh, was, uh, it was a great moment. Leonard, that's fantastic. I'm, and, and it's probably something that'll never be duplicated. Uh, I hope not for public consumption but i hope somebody videoed that because that's got to be a, a great moment and that's just fantastic that you guys would be thoughtful enough to do something like that for david yeah it, it was a special day and uh, you know uh, david and i were always very close he had so much uh uh, uh ability to drive a car and uh just uh uh well, most self-confidence in a drive I believe I've ever seen. He just, uh, just a great driver and a great, a great uh, person. Did you ever fly with him? No. Uh, <laughs> I, I, heard, I heard some stories on that that he would tell the people he was out of gas and couldn't make it and all that and had them scared to death. <laughs> so, so, no, I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> you didn't need that extra aggravation. From what I've read, it's, that sounds like some Curtis Turner stuff, who also has a huge uh, Wood Brothers connection. Yeah, well, Curtis Turner, he wasn't, he wasn't playing any tricks on you about his airplane or nothing, but uh, I do remember running Darlington one time with him. And he come out, and uh, we wrote, had to go to Bowman Gray Stadium to race, and we... 
he had his airplane at Donaldson Airport, so we go drive down to the airport, get in the plane. He cranks it up, drives down, takes off, don't warm up or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't. He didn't waste time with taxiing and stuff, huh? No. Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, but I tell you, like I say, it, it's uh, uh, Pearson Wood Brothers. It, it it's just it's just incredible, and the Wood Brothers are such fantastic people. You know. Well, and- I just I just thank so much uh, uh, for David driving our car through uh, the years he drove for us. It, it sure made the Wood Brothers a strong, stronger team. And, uh, and uh, you know, I don't think we'd even be here today if it hadn't been for him. You know, there was another very interesting thing that took place a few years ago um, when you guys uh, were at Darlington with, and when you mentioned Darlington, this came to my mind with Carl Edwards. When um, David ran a few laps in, in one of the year old Mercuries with, uh, if I remember correctly, the car had like 20 year old tires on it or something like that. And he ran 30, a few laps. 30? 30 year old. <laughs> 30 year old tires. And he ran some pretty hot laps with uh, with Carl Edwards. And Carl Edwards, when he was driving the number 99 for Roush, and uh, that had to be pretty special. And that is on video. Uh, th- that was quite an event. Yeah, this is the same car I drove up uh, up to his house. Uh, but, uh, you know, the familiar scene with David Pearson was you'd watch him come off the foil behind somebody and he'd just dart down on the inside past him right now, you know. And he did that same thing to Carl uh, <laughs> in that same New Orleans America. And it just it was so familiar a scene to see it come off a corner like that. And, and then... Uh, the next day, uh, I didn't get get down uh, real early, and he had uh, come in and uh, connected the battery cable and cranked it up, and somebody said a, a guy on a, with a radar gun clocked him at 170 miles an hour on the straightaway. Uh, I don't know if that's true or not, but I wasn't there, but that's what they said. But did you put fresher tires on it to drive up his driveway? No. No, the same tires. <laughs> yeah, they're still on it, Leonard. If I remember that correctly, and and what was so cool, uh, you could always remember that twenty one and Pearson in it. You know, had Bob and had to come up off of turn four, running about ten mile an hour faster, and everybody just blow right on by him. But uh, I heard the rumor that Pearson got down there and was going to try to put some radials or something on it that wouldn't fit underneath the fenders, and I was told he did run. Uh, uh, a backstretch speed or something that was that was pretty incredible. And, uh, well, it, was, it, it, it was the same thirty year old tires. <laughs> That's uh, those tires belong in the Hall of Fame. But Leonard, it's it's just we could go on and on listening to you talk about David Pearson, and we appreciate you coming on the show. Now, this is as I said earlier, we had you back on during May, and um, and we thank you so much for coming on. And I, I want to mention that uh, Leonard also when uh, Greg Moore and I did did the the biography of Greg that Leonard was kind enough to uh, write the foreword for that book and said some awfully nice things about um, Greg at that time. And the book still sells real good, Leonard, and it doesn't hurt having your name on the cover. Well, I, I appreciate it. And uh, I thought uh, so much of uh, Greg and Bud and all of them, we, we just worked back and forth, you know, and discussed things so much and. uh, uh, I used to pick at Bud a lot, and uh, it just 
there again. It was uh, uh, great to have a relationship between them and uh, still thank the world of them. Well, thank you so much for coming on uh, this morning. And I know Greg appreciates it and Ronnie and everybody in Spartanburg loves hearing from you. And uh, hopefully we can have you back next year. Well, thank you so much. And uh, y'all have a great day. You too. And that is none other than Leonard Wood of the famed Wood Brothers. And, uh, boy, great to talk to him. Wasn't that fantastic? That was fantastic. You did a great job, Greg, coming up with uh, with Alan and Leonard Wood to talk about uh, David Pearson as we try to celebrate him and, and actually try to squeeze in some racing here and there with yep. champion, championship weekend right this right upon us this afternoon for the Xfinity cars. But we're going to take our last break before we come back with Nelson Crozier. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports Spartanburg. There's no points racing here. Greg, Perry, Ronnie, and Nelson are racing to win. You're listening to Start Your Engines on Fox Sports 1498.3 FM. Steve and Jerry here from the world-famous Beacon Drive-In in Spartanburg. The Beacon has served over 300 menu selections of burgers, barbecue, chicken, fish, and more for over 70 years. Jerry, what's been the most popular? Chili cheese, I plant thai. I need flounder. Cheeseburger like a burger, make it cry. Give me a bacon whip, no trim. <laughs> I had a feeling you'd say that. Join Steve and Jerry at the world-famous Beacon Drive-In, John B. White Senior Boulevard in Spartanburg. I plant thai. Tired of eating fast food for lunch every day? Wish you could have a good home-cooked meal but can't find the time? Well, now you can. Rascal's Eatery on Asheville Highway is now serving lunch. So stop on in and enjoy a meat and three plate with choices like fried chicken, country ham, or chicken fried steak. All served with your choice of homemade veggies like green beans and mac and cheese. Rascal's Eatery is conveniently located at 1455 Asheville Highway and is now serving these lunch specials every day from 11 to 3. Rascal's Eatery, serving the comfort foods you crave. Speedy Lube in Inman says to save time is to lengthen life for you and your car. Let Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman, lengthen the life and performance of your vehicle. Speedy Lube offers professional ASC certified mechanical service for your car. Be it an oil change, AC work, tires, brakes, front end, or any type of major or minor repair. Trust Speedy Lube in Inman. Open weekdays from 8 till 6. For fast, fair, and friendly service, visit Speedy Lube, Asheville Highway in Inman. Frank's for the Memories is a great hot dog place for lunch. Why Frank's for the Memories? Because hot dogs for the Memories just doesn't cut the mustard. Frank's for the Memories has more than great hot dogs. Enjoy a choice of four delicious bird dogs featuring a deep fried chicken tender on a hot dog bun. Frank's for the Memories makes their homemade chili daily and has great signs like french fries, onion rings, and corn nuggets. Frank's for the Memories 468 Oak Grove Road next to Westview Elementary is open for lunch Monday through Saturday till 3.30 p.m. Thanks for the Memories. Want to text the show? Download our app to use the Elite Audio text line. Search Fox Sports 1400 either at the Apple Store or via Google Play now. Throughout your life, you've worked hard to accumulate assets, to build wealth, and to provide for your family. You've built a comfortable life full of shared memories and experiences. Providing and protecting your loved ones is never more critical than when you aren't there to do so. While having a will is important, it's not the only way. That is why developing an estate plan can be the best thing you will ever do for them. Working with our estate planning experts, Trent Lancaster, in the Spartanburg office of Jannie Mac. 
Montgomery Scott can help you to design a customized estate plan that can protect and preserve your assets for the next generation. The sooner you begin, the sooner you can be at ease knowing that your loved ones will be provided for as you intended. Contact Trent today to discuss your estate planning needs at 864-585-8282. That's 585-8282 or visit TrentLancaster.com. Kenny Montgomery Scott LLC, member FINRA, NYSE, and SIPC. Every now and then, we need to get away and relax. And there's no better way than spending time at the lake. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, South Carolina, is the perfect place to decompress. At Watery Lake RV, enjoy full hookups, a bathhouse, bar and grill, and a boat ramp marina with ethanol-free gas. Hookups available on nightly, weekly, or monthly. Watery Lake RV Park and Marina in Liberty Hill, where families get away. Mention Fox Sports 1400 and get 5% off your stay up to three days. Call 803-273-3013. This is the sound heard immediately before you order the McDonald's new 100% fresh beef quarter pounder burgers. This is the sound heard immediately after you order the McDonald's new 100% fresh beef quarter pounder burgers. North American beef that's fresh, sizzling on McDonald's flat iron grill. A sound heard only after you order because McDonald's cooks your quarter pounder just for you. So it's hotter, juicier, and full of flavor. How's that sound? Available at most restaurants in listening area. Hotter and juicier compared to prior quarter pound beef patty. Okay, and uh, that's some really uh, started nodding off when I heard that music there. Uh, um, sorry, Nelson, we didn't use your lead in, but we got it here somewhere. Um, but how are you doing this morning? Oh, doing pretty good. Beautiful day for change after all the rain we've had. It certainly is. And uh, we've spent part of the morning, um, actually most of the morning, reminiscing about David Pearson. And we just had Leonard Wood on and we've had still got Alan Hill here in the studio with greg and um, a lot of good david pearson stories and i'm sure you probably have a couple could you share one with us uh, oh uh, question is which one and where well i didn't mean to catch you off guard but i figured you could just pluck one out of the air sure uh, well just uh two one a quick one uh bud pearson myself and i guess greg was probably uh walking through the tunnel at rockingham uh one year and i made this little uh hand zapper and uh Bud said give me that thing and Pearson's walking in front of him he takes the thing and he starts poking Pearson in the butt with it Pearson looked like an eagle trying to take off <laughs> Look, uh, uh, another uh, funny one uh, we're at a restaurant uh, somewhere there in South Carolina uh, and we'd all come out it was a gravel parking lot it was on a little bit of an incline uh, or decline I guess down to the road Pearson gets in his Chevy pickup truck, fires it up, puts it in first gear, and the next thing we know, here he's flying out on the parking lot. Somebody put a black snake in the truck, and it poked its head out. Pearson just dived out of the truck. The truck went across the highway and about 50 feet into a cornfield. Uh, Good grief. A real snake but, or a rubber one? Uh, no, it was a real, a real black snake. Holy cow. But probably the funniest one, we were at Hickory. Uh... Pearson went out, of course, uh, when he went out, he set the pole, but he knew Isaac was faster than he was. So Pearson goes up into turn three, and there's a little bit of shrubbery there, and he sort of crouched out behind the shrubbery. And here comes Isaac on his hot lap. Pearson jumps up and starts waving his arm, 
used to say, Isaac throws down and piercing out the pole. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, Nelson, uh, I want to, um, those are great stories, and uh, if you come up with another one, just blurt it out, but I wanted to touch bases. I watched the truck race last night, and uh, the young man, Brett Moffat, that won it, uh, and the team is, I guess it's owned by uh, Hattori, who has an open-wheel background. I remember when he ran Indianapolis cars, and um, I think he actually ran into 500. I'm not sure if he did or not, but... Um, did I hear them right when they said, and I think I heard them say it more than once, that this is like a nine or ten man operation. I mean, this is minuscule yeah, compared to uh, the others. Yeah, definitely a small operation. And they've been running uh, the Toyota engine uh, most of the year. But they felt that with uh, the gear change rule, the Toyota engine was at a disadvantage. So last night they ran, ran the spec engine. Well, uh, it was... Um it wasn't that close to finish. I mean, there was some good dueling there in the middle of the race with uh, uh, Cragson, who is um, Kyle Busch's driver. But I, I was just glad to, when I heard about the small team, I said, well, that's that's the guy I'm going to pull for. And uh, by golly, he pulled it off and won the championship. Right. And the second year in a row, it was caution-free. Uh, that's correct. Well, I didn't know it was the second year in a row, but it was caution-free. And uh, But so next week, We'll have a, a sort of a wrap-up show, and, and uh, at that, that time, you can sort of wrap up uh, 2018 and preview 2019. But we've had a few changes this week with the announcement that uh, um, Barney Visser's team is going to pretty much move over to uh, um, the Gibbs operation, the Gibbs Toyota operation. And, of course, we talked about last week with uh, the full-time sponsor for Jimmy Johnson coming on, Ally Bank. And... Um, I, I guess we heard last night that the pole sitter has lost his crew chief. Um, what's his name? Wheeler. Well, I was, what's the driver? I can't. Uh, Denny Hamlin. Denny Hamlin. I can see the 11, but I couldn't yeah. think of Hamlin. I didn't want to say Ned Jarrett. But uh, so what, what's going on with those situations, Nelson? Uh, well, first of all, the 78 team uh, is not really moving over to Gibbs. Uh, the 78 team is closing up. And uh, the driver and crew chief are going uh, over to Gibbs. Now, the race day team is probably going to be the same because they were Gibbs employees anyway. Okay. But uh, Barney said because the health reasons, the escalating costs, he wasn't going to operate the team out of his pocket and run himself out of money. Wasn't it extra expensive for them to... Um, I mean, did they not have any base of operation in the, on the East Coast? Was everything out of Denver, Colorado? Out of Denver, Colorado, uh, you know, uh, Stock Car Steel is across the street from my shop, and uh, they had a furniture road truck over there, and uh, not a race truck, but a furniture truck every week picking up supplies uh, from Stock Car Steel and around, taking them back to Denver, Colorado. Uh, the good thing about it, you know, the team's isolated, so they're not gossiping at lunchtime and getting seats away. Well, that was one of the things I always heard they said about um, Bill Elliott and the Elliotts in, in their day. They were sort of isolated down in Dawsonville, Georgia. It's kind of the same deal, I guess. And with, with the Wood Brothers up in Virginia. That is correct. I mean, it, for years, that was the better way to go. But then it got where you had to bring the cars to uh, the NASCAR R&D Center to get certified. Uh, so you had to be in the Charlotte area. Uh 
and you know, in, in the Bernie Business case, the cars had to come here and get certified, and then go back to Colorado or, or to the racetrack. So yes, it was a definite additional expense. Yeah, I mean that's that's a long haul to Denver. I've done it in a car, and that's a that's quite a trip. So, um, so the Xfinity cars run this afternoon, and I think that's at um, that's at three thirty on NBCSN, and the Cup cars tomorrow at two thirty on NBC. So, uh, I know they've had the big four. Um, actually, it's the big three plus one with. Um, uh, Logano being the only one of the, the four that has never won a championship. And, um, you know, I, a lot of people don't like Logano. And actually, I like him better than I do uh, the other three, Truex, Kyle Busch, and um, Harvick. So, uh, oh, and while I'm mentioning it, um, we can just forego picking the winners uh, this week because uh, with his choice of Harvick last week, uh, Ronnie wrapped up our personal championship. So, uh, okay. Well, who'd you have? You had Kyle Bush. Yeah, Kyle Bush. Yeah, he picked Kyle Bush and, uh, and wrapped it up. So, uh, I wrapped up last. <laughs> you, well, you won one, though. You scratched. <laughs> Where's my crown? Uh, you've got it on. I can see it from here. It's at Burger King. It's made of, I want you. my crown. It's made of paper, and I'll see that you get one. Brown Royal. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll take paper. that. <laughs> What'd you say, Nelson? Oh. It's a cardboard crown, but it's got a crown royal cloth uh, bag over top of it. That's that's correct. But Nelson, who do you like for the final four out of the four? And I, I'm just going to go pick Logano because he d- doesn't have a championship, and I don't really like the other three. I, li- I like him the most of the four, I guess. Well, you know, I like Logano because he's driving for Petsky. That's another uh, good reason. But, uh, you know, uh, I kind of uh, tend toward Harvick because... Uh, he has had a tremendous year. I mean, if you go back to any of the other systems, he would have won uh, by landslide. Well, that's that's one way to look at it, and I hadn't looked at it that way. And I, I used to think about that, but I guess I've come so uh, accustomed to the the new procedure that um, it hadn't crossed well, my mind how it would have worked out. With uh, if you take away the two penalties uh, that he had, uh, which. I've had some discussions with some people this past week, and he was the scapegoat both times. He didn't do anything that the others hadn't done before, but they just happened to uh, select him. Uh, you know, so be it. But, you know, it's always been, you know, it's not cheating if you don't get caught. That's, uh, I've heard that for years. I think Smokey Eunuch might have pinned that. I don't know, but uh, we, um, uh, well, I'm looking at some parts uh, here that uh, I was at a shop, I won't mention who this week, and I picked up a bolt off the floor. T- titanium, not steel. And how could you tell that by the weight or just looking at it? Well, look at it, it looks maybe a little bit different, but the weight, and I always carry the magnet in my pocket. <laughs> and, <laughs> you would. <laughs> you know. When it doesn't have any magnetic properties, uh, it's got to be uh, you know, a lot of nickel stainless in it, or it's uh, it's titanium. And these are light titanium. Uh, and one of the pieces is a lug nut. And you are the lug nut man with the Nelson's developed a fantastic lug nut. Yeah, sure did. And uh, Nelson got a situation that really would 
help crossing lug nuts and, and, and some of the things they've had that he's, he's actually got a patent on. And I don't know if NASCAR's investigated it yet, but they should. But, yeah, when you start taking making lug nuts out of titanium, that's some expensive lug nuts. No kidding. And, you know, the thing with uh, titanium, uh, you know, you've got to make sure it doesn't call. Uh, but, you know, on your aircraft, and this is something true with, uh, on race cars, when you got carbon fiber, you've got to use titanium. Otherwise, you have a uh, reaction between the uh, the two. That's right. That's right. I, I get tickled one time talking about titanium. I remember Brewer, uh, when Walter was riding for him, and they'd moving the steering around, and he had the, the two big bolts underneath the steering thing, and he'd let, loose them, told Walter not to lose them. Told him in his hand, Walter was Robert said they didn't weigh nothing because they were titanium. <laughs> That's just how Junior and some of them worried about the weight and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, it, it's, uh, I wish it'd play in the gray air a little bit more. Well, I think some of the teams do play in the gray area, and I would say that uh, that Haas uh, may play in the grayest. Yeah, well, no, I think uh, all of them are... Uh, Penske probably is the least in the gray area, but the rest of them, they're heavy in the gray area. And to be competitive, uh, the way the rules and the uh, administration is, you've got to play in the gray area. And I think that's good. I mean, there needs to be a gray area. There's got to be some... I fully agree. Uh, But, you know, it used to be, Beatty put the word out to the inspectors, hey, next week we're going to be looking at so-and-so, you know, uh, a particular part of the car. And the inspectors would go and let the teams know, so there'd be a lot of thrashing during the week to make sure that uh, the next week, when they came to the track, that that part of the car, you know, was 100% uh, okay. Well, Nelson, I tell you what, um, it's, I'm sorry we missed your opening music, but we'll have it next week. And uh, uh, we got about a minute left here with you. What, you got anything for us? No, just everybody have a, a happy and a safe Thanksgiving. And a happy Thanksgiving to you too, Nelson. You know, I had completely slipped my mind that we had Thanksgiving, and I got all kinds of family going to be showing up about Wednesday and, and Tuesday, so uh, I better go to the store. Well, I went to the store yesterday, and uh, so, you know, uh, one night this coming week, I'm going to have to be baking, uh, going to uh, Thanksgiving dinner, and I've got to bring some desserts. Good deal. Nelson, we'll wrap it up next week, and I also want you to have an opportunity to tell about some of your uh, your personal um, uh, endeavors with your with the different enterprises you have going on, but uh, um, you do have a happy and safe Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Okay, and let's hope we have a good, safe race today and tomorrow. Well, I'm, I always hope for that, and uh, thank you so much. That's Nelson Crozier, our man. On the scene, uh, he's not there yet, but I believe he's probably on the way down to Daytona. And uh, we've got a few minutes left here. I wanted to wrap up some things. And as I just said, the final four in the uh, Xfinity, which is today at 3.30. I don't know if the Citadel's on television or not, but uh, it's uh, I don't know who the 3.30 game would be. But this would be a good time to catch up with the Xfinities with um, Christopher Bell leading the points. Tyler Reddick is second. Cole Custer is uh, third. And 
Daniel Hemrick is fourth. However, um, the points really don't matter anymore. This is the final four, and uh, whoever finishes ahead of the other three is the new Xfinity champion. Looking down a little further, um, in 13th place is Michael Annette, who has a minuscule three-point lead over... um, our own Jeremy Clements. You know, we want Jeremy Clements to finish 13th so he can win the standings for everybody that didn't make the final 12. So uh, Jeremy's three points from doing that. So that's, to me, today will be a little race within the race with um, Michael Annette. We um, will have the cup race tomorrow. And as I mentioned, the uh, final four there are Kyle Busch, Martin Truex, Kevin Harvick, and Joey Logano. And, uh, who uh, Ronnie's holding up four fingers, so he's, I guess, going to take Harvick again. I'm sorry. I, I thought you picked Harvick last week, but it was uh, Kyle Busch that got you your championship, so you have to send him part of your winnings. Uh, Alan, who do you like out of the four? Uh, I'd have to say let's go with the 18 car. All right. Greg, what do you think? I think 18 would be a good pick. But now, are we... Choosing who's going to win the race. We're just picking. Who do you think is going to win out of the final four? Uh, it's hard to say. Well, I know, but you only got four shots. Anyway, I only got which one I got left. We got well, you, you can pick anybody. We're, it's just who do you think is going to win? Uh, I, I think Harvey probably will. Okay. You know, well, that's a good answer. I'll take, uh, I'll take Logano because... Uh, as Nelson said just now, I, I kind of lean towards Penske over the other car owners anyway. So uh, I like Penske. Well, then you just changed your vote. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but no, uh, we um, uh, we once again uh, last week we honored the veterans, and this week we tried to honor David Pearson the best we could, and I think we had some real good stories. And I uh, want to uh, also thank Lanny McKinney, who does our podcast and, uh, and the Budmore website, who's actually the person that texted me, I guess it was Tuesday evening or was it Monday, that said that David Pearson had passed away. So that's how I found out. And um, we appreciate that. And then I, I got the word out to, uh, Greg didn't answer, but I got the word out to Ronnie and uh, some members of my family. I know my son is uh, particularly close to David Pearson. It's just it was probably the first famous person he ever met. And it was when they had that Legends race here at the fairgrounds back in about 2002. He was, uh, Jake was seven years old at the time. And um, also this afternoon at 2 o'clock, we'll have Ryan Clary doing the Presbyterian College uh, Blue Hose at Walford Terriers. This will be the second year in a row that I didn't make a Walford game. And I really don't have an excuse because it's a beautiful afternoon. Except that uh, Humpy, Charles Robertson, uh, dumped a... truckload of wood in my backyard last night so i gotta move it to the porch and uh i guess that's how i'm gonna spend my a lot of my saturday afternoon alan good to have you join us today to talk about pearson and uh uh anything at gaffney or anything today uh not today we're gonna have a big race over tomorrow it's called the blue gray 100 we have all the super late mall boys coming over there i hope we see bloomquist chris madden all our local racers and stuff like it Plus, they put us on the schedule for tomorrow, so I was a little late this morning because I was trying to get the car ready to go 
Go tomorrow. Well, you can go back and start working on it again, and uh, I'm sure that's going to be a great uh, show over there. Greg, we... Uh, that blue-gray deal is a big deal. It is a big deal, and I'm glad we got to mention it. I'm, uh, matter of fact, I'm going to go back and start weighing my lug nuts, so I might be thinking about this titanium deal. Well, I, I tell you what, <laughs> when, you, when, you get like a, that. when you get all that mug caked on them, I don't think it matters that much. Ronnie? Oh, I'm just ready to get Thanksgiving going, get with family. Instead of putting all that wood up today, why don't you just wait till all that family comes in and have each one of them bring a piece up on the porch? Well, a piece would be about as far as uh, you get out of Hannah with uh, <laughs> moving the wood pile. But uh, we appreciate everybody listening today. God be with the Pearson family and rest in peace, David. We, uh, we love you. You were the best. And I want my crown. You'll get your crown. Keep it between the fences. We'll see you next week. You've been listening to Start Your Engines. Tune in each Saturday morning at 10 during the season for the very latest in auto racing news, interviews, and guests from around the sport. To find out more or order Perry Allen Woods books on motorsports, visit McFarlandBooks.com. Start Your Engines has been a presentation of Fox Sports Spartanburg, LLC. All rights reserved. The home of Gamecocks baseball is Fox Sports 1400. WSBG Spartanburg. Now on FM at 98.3.